the idea of community is a very uplifting one because that's where you can really, I think, make some positive change. You know, change doesn't happen from the top to the bottom. It happens from the bottom up. Welcome to episode 347 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. This week, Christopher interviews comedian and municipal broadband advocate Ron Placone. Ron is a busy guy, and in addition to his own career making people laugh from the stage, his YouTube channel, and his streaming show, Get Your News On With Ron, he's a regular on the Jimmy Dore Show. This time, though, we've got Ron. He's here to talk about his experiences with municipal networks, network neutrality, and related policies. He and Christopher discuss why network neutrality is important to him and to other people whose lives revolve around a free and open internet. Ron describes how he's using his platform to help spread the word about both network neutrality and municipal broadband, both in his hometown and, he hopes, to a wider audience. Be sure to check out his YouTube channel and listen to his show, Get Your News On With Ron, on iTunes or other streaming services. You can also check out ronplacone.com for more information on how to follow and connect with Ron. Now here's Christopher with comedian and broadband advocate Ron Placone. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. This is Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, talking with Ron Placone, the comedian and YouTube personality that does Get Your News On with Ron. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks for having me. I've been a, been a listener for a while now, so good to be here. Yeah, well, I've heard from a few people lately that that I should be hamming up the intro. So um, I'm I feel like this <laughs> is a part of the show that people are starting to look forward to. At least some people are. Um, everyone who hates it should let me know too. So let me just start by asking you a little bit about your background. You're a comedian and a YouTube personality. What is that like? Well, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I love doing both things. And I, I was a road comic for many years. And then when I moved here to Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I started getting involved with a show called The Jimmy Dore Show, and I'm, I'm still, you know, at The Jimmy Dore Show, and I do a lot of stuff with the Young Turks, and then I do my own show, Get Your News On With Ron. Uh, simultaneously, issues of net neutrality um, and stuff like that has always been a very important cause to me. You know, it, it's something that I've always been interested in. It's something I'm always learning about um, since about 2004, when all those movements kind of got started. Um, you know, and of course, when we finally got it on the books in 2015, that was a good thing. And then, of course, Trump's FCC has uh, repealed it. I know your listeners are already fluent in a lot of this stuff, but mm -hmm. I've always seen Muni broadband, which I, you know, in the past few years, I've gotten more turned on to, as many people have, as sort of the permanent fix. Let's take the Internet out of the hands of these corporate entities uh, and into the hands of cities and communities. Um, as an online content creator, I see a lot of the importance in this um, for many reasons. But, you know, a reason that really hits home with me a lot is, is just the idea of a, a vibrant and flourishing independent media. Uh, you know, especially as of recent with the AT&T and Time Warner merger mm -hmm. being okayed by the courts, which I'm sure you, you've already talked about. But, you know, with that happening, I mean, look, AT&T owns CNN, Comcast owns MSNBC. So now you have these two big cable behemoths that control your access to the internet, don't need to follow net neutrality anymore, and they own two big media outlets. This is not a healthy scenario for right. independent online-based media because our 
media structure in the United States is so horrible. You don't need to agree or disagree. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. But because it's so horrible, this is a this is a pretty big issue. And and I think a lot of people, it's one of those things. Sometimes people are passive. And then all of a sudden we lose the medium and people think it's so hard to believe that we're going to face this situation where (laughs) videos don't load on the Internet or it costs 30 bucks extra a month to access your Twitter or, you know, the Internet looks like cable television 2.0. We can't fathom that happening. Well, guess what? In 1996, they couldn't fathom what happened to radio happening. They had no idea anything would like that would happen. And then because of the Telecommunications Act in 96, they showed up one day and no one had a job anymore. So it can happen. And once you lose the medium, you don't get it back. And to be clear, what you're talking about with the radio is that we had a lot of locally run stations and then they all got bought and turned into robot DJs over a period of of 10 years or so. But there was this moment in which um, a lot of that we saw a lot of the impact of of that consolidation happening all at once. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Mm -hmm. Of course, technology did play a role, too. I'm not going to make it out like that. I had nothing to do with it. But the big gutting of radio was largely due to that piece of policy uh, because nobody paid attention to it. (laughs) No, that's true. Now, I have to say, um, first of all, you should be much nicer to AT&T. They now own HBO. (laughs) So you you want to get your own act on there. So um, Good point. (laughs) I I face this conundrum every day. Most of the people that I know, even talking about net neutrality, wouldn't necessarily know to draw the radio issues back to the 96 Telecom Act and are you were you a technical person are you someone who just i mean what is your background that you were so that you know about the 96 act you know something a lot of people just have no idea what year that would have passed i'm a big media policy guy i mean uh when i was in college there was a uh there was actually a media reform group um and i was in it and i was really involved with community radio and uh, i actually got into stand-up because i wanted to be on the radio like i was like i want to do talk radio and then I read some article that said stand-up comedy is a good way to get into that, which is still to this day true. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started doing stand-up. Then I got bit by that bug and became a touring comedian for years and years. And now I guess it has come full circle because the Jimmy Dore show is syndicated via radio. So I guess technically <laughs> technically it did come full circle. So yeah, and, and I went to graduate school uh, for communication and I studied – uh, media policy. Like that was my area of focus. So I read a lot of Dr. Bob McChesney. I, lo- I read a lot of uh, uh, Chomsky. I read a lot of, um, you know, Saul Alinsky and stuff like that. So and the media reform movement has always been part of my life, too. I mean, I used mm-hmm. to go to those conferences. I was just sort of a, you know, I had my own little YouTube channel that was not very big at all. I wasn't, you know, doing anything uh, on a bigger platform at that point. But I was still I was showing up there and I was learning So I think that what happened with net neutrality uh, or what is still happening with net neutrality, we're still fighting. um, That was kind of the telecommunications act of of our generation. You know, this time, fortunately, we were paying attention and we're fighting back. They didn't fight back until it was too little too late because, you know, I think everybody we had this cool president that played the saxophone. Everyone's sort of sleeping (laughs) and he just kind of pushed through this horrible act. Some of my listeners and I and I I would say that I 
would have to give this deeper thought, I think would say that the act actually in many ways was quite good. It was the lack of enforcement and the way the courts then later interpreted aspects of it that really, um, when it comes to broadband, allowed um, the idea of having one network that had multiple shared ISPs on it. Um, that was kind of envisioned by the act and then later was rolled back both by Clinton and by the um, George W. Bush. Are you, are you referring to the Telecom Act? Yeah, yeah, 96 Act. I mean, the idea was yeah. that the, the telephone wires would be shared and they would have multiple ISPs and they'd have to lease out their infrastructure. And, um, you know, so I would say that parts of the 96 Act were bad. Parts of it, I think, were were conceived well, but then implemented poorly and, and, the, and the courts took it apart, unfortunately. Well, yeah, the, the, a lot of the verbiage in it sounds great. I mean, if you mm-hmm. actually read the thing, you're like, oh, this is a right. But then you kind of read between the lines and you see mm-hmm. what it really does. And now we see the effects of it. You know, and and whether it was completely intentional or not, I I tend to think it was. But that's led you to your solution, I think, right? I mean, so so I mean, you know, you're here identifying very real problems, and mm. you're looking to local solutions. I think in part, and this is maybe reading into you my analysis, which is that we can't trust the federal government to get it right anyway. So let's figure out how to do it locally. Well, I I think, and a lot of that kind of stems from you know I, I produce a lot of political comedy content that um you know so i pay a lot of attention to the news my show is called get your news on with ron Mm -hmm. where people literally send me news and we talk about it together i let the viewers decide what we talk about um so i do spend a lot of time uh you know diving into electoral politics and trying to make it funny and sometimes that can be incredibly discouraging um just in general because it's it's not a very happy landscape Chris, as I'm sure you're aware. (laughs) So uh, the idea of community is a very uplifting one because that's where you can really, I think, make some positive change. You know, change doesn't happen from the top to the bottom. It happens from the bottom up. And, you know, I always tell listeners, I'm like, now is the time to kind of pick a lane and get started, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's what we got to do. So what are you doing so my lane's municipal broadband. Um, you know, I decided this is something that an issue I've been passionate about for years and years. Um, I am not a tech person at all, uh, but I do know a thing or two about, about the policies behind it. I have been studying the cases, not to the extent that, that you have, but, you know, I, I learn a lot from you guys. Um, and then I try to share it. Uh, I started a, uh, a a playlist on my YouTube channel just dedicated to municipal broadband and net neutrality. Our interviews in there when you did my show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped people start kind of informal task forces in their community. And I get emails on the regular of people saying, hey, Ron, I started – I got my local DSA chapter on board with municipal broadband. It's one of our missions now. Uh, hey, Ron, my mayor is really into municipal broadband, and I made my mayor watch your entire playlist. <laughs> That's uh, great. So, well, it's kind of ironic because some of uh, some of my listeners have had more success than I've had. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, and Pasadena <laughs> and like, already had. You're going to be teaching me. <laughs> right. Well, it must be frustrating because Pasadena already has fiber, and I mean, in the Southern California area, you've got a few places that are going full municipal fiber to the home, but you've got a, a, a bunch of them that are at least doing something in terms of connecting businesses. But you know, if I yes. remember correctly, Pasadena is only doing dark fiber, right? So what's going on with Pasadena? I showed up at a city hall, and this is all documented on my playlist. I showed up to a city hall, spoke on behalf of the cause for municipal broadband. I brought a nice chunk of people with me, and they all did too. So it got put on a city agenda. So we were like, that's great. They did this uh, this study that 
I think their intentions were good, but it was not a very thorough study. And they used one case study, the case study of Beverly Hills, which is, you know, one of the wealthiest towns in the country. And what Beverly Hills is doing is straight up fiber to the home for residents because they can afford it. They're Beverly right. Hills. Right. So that's what they're doing. So they were like, this is what Beverly Hills is doing. This how much this is how much it's costing them. Here is that multiplied by the mileage of Pasadena. We can't afford <laughs> this. I guess we're just going to count on the corporations. So they gave us this presentation. The word net neutrality wasn't even in it. So I went up and responded. There was like a response period for citizens. I responded, which that is also on uh, my playlist where I said, hey, guys, I appreciate you doing this um, and taking the time to put this together. But you looked at literally one case study um, and you didn't look at any others. I find it hard to believe that Chattanooga, Tennessee has some gold token Pasadena can't have <laughs> or Sandy, Oregon has some gold to- or Monticello, Minnesota or, uh, you know, Longmont, Colorado or Fort Collins, Colorado. I find it hard to believe all those places can do something or, or Charlemont, Massachusetts. They're a town of 7000 or Oberlin, Ohio. Do I need to go on? Like, like I was like, I don't think all these places have some gold token that Pasadena can't have. I mm-hmm. find it hard to believe. That is that's literally one of my most frustrating pet peeves. I'm is, sure is that idea of of we either have to do nothing or we have to find the most expensive possible way of doing right. something, and then and and that those are the alternatives. It's and, and it's you guys crazy. are providing a resource for people. You guys provide that service to figure out the best uh, method, and and I'm working really hard to get you guys out here. I, I really want that to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, I know like, like the hesitation isn't on your guys' end, it's on my city's end, and that's what I'm fighting for. So I recently sent the city a, a letter, just, just a nice letter, and, and I just I urged them to join uh, Next Century. Mm-hmm. Next Century Cities. Yes, I, I urged them to join that organization. And one thing I could use as leverage is I was just like, hey, you guys mentioned all of our, our towns because like, they were like, hey, Burbank's not going to try to do municipal broadband, so we're not either. I said, hey, guess what? Burbank's a member of Next Century <laughs> Cities. Uh, yeah, Beverly Santa Hills Monica. is a member. Beverly Santa Hills, Monica is yeah. a member. Los Angeles proper is a member. So I right. said, hey, guys, it costs nothing to join. We have nothing to lose, everything to gain. We just need basically the the signature of a city official. By the way, this is uh, something I feel is necessary to point out. When we started showing up to City Hall, all of a sudden they made City Hall an hour earlier. If someone wants to say it's a coincidence, they can. I'm going to say it's because we kept showing up. But is that be, is that so? Is that more difficult for you then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it's like it's at 5 p.m. now. It used to be at like 6:30. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they were like, it's five now. And it's like, gee, what happened? And it wasn't just us. I mean, there were there's been some issues of police brutality in Pasadena. I don't know if you've seen it in the news. So a lot of people were protesting and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is probably more of the reason. But but so they, they they made City Hall an hour earlier. So it's part of the reason why I haven't been going much. And now it's really hard to get there. How did you how did you have a group of people at your back when you started going to City Hall? Because I think this is one of the first questions we get from folks is, I feel like I'm alone in my community. What can I do? We announced it on the Jimmy Dore show. Yeah. So that's nice if you have that available. <laughs> well, well and, and that is and, and I try to and I tell people that I'm like, look, I want to help any way I can. And one mm-hmm. of the ways I can is, is I do have access to some reasonably sizable platforms, not only, and and Jimmy's been very supportive of this. He knows it's something I care about a lot. So he's always, you know, a lot of the net neutrality and municipal broadband content that the show puts out are things I produce. 
Um, and he's always been supportive of doing those segments. Uh, so I do stuff there. And then I also do stuff on my own channel, get your news on with Ron, uh, which has a, a lot of information on it. it. It's not as big, but it has a lot of information on it. And then I also do a collaboration with, uh, Mike Figueredo of the humanist report, uh, another really uh, good YouTube personality. And he's based up in Portland and the Northwest has a lot going on with Muni broadband as, oh, as yeah. you're aware and so he's kind of, you know, really digging out there. So, you know, we're doing what we can with our platforms to try to uh, amplify this. Have you tried doing any in-person events? I mean, I know that you're aware of uh, the broadband and beers that uh, Fort Collins had done that worked for them. And, and we'd like to make that happen nationwide. We just finding the time to, to try to, you know, create the that sort of a movement is, is difficult. But um, have you tried doing a physical event aside from city council meeting? So I have my comedy tour, which is called the Progressive Comedy Tour. And uh, I do it with another comedian named Graham, Bell, Graham Elwood. And it's just a stand-up tour. Like we're just, we're both regulars on the Jimmy Dore show. We both have our own shows. I have Get Your News on Thrawn. He has a show called Political Vigilante. And we've been going across the country, and, and I will say every single show, which and I've, and I've always directed people to your website, Chris, every show there's been at least two or three people that come up to me that said, hey, I'm trying to get municipal broadband here. Oh, that's cool. I saw it, which is really freaking cool. And so, you know, we've been doing these shows, people have been coming out, and these are people that really want to do something in their community. They want, and, and these are not, you know, we're all so busy these days, people are working two and three jobs, it's freaking nuts out there. But still, they're hungry for change and mm -hmm. they're hungry to do something. And, and maybe they heard about Muni Broadband from me and, and now they're really into it. Um, and they're saying, yeah, I want to I want to send you stuff. And I'm like, please do, you know, because I'm I mean, I think part of the appeal of it is that they're watching me fight for this, too, in real time. And I've been documenting all of it. Mm -hmm. Just saying, you know, like when the city hall happened and they told us, oh, we can't afford it. Sorry. Here's one case study. Oops. I documented my response like, like as soon as it was over, I streamed uh, on my channel and I just said, gee, I, I'm glad we got this far. But, man, the results were disappointing. Then I showed my response, which I was, you know, I wanted to show my my appreciation that they took the time to do it. But also, I feel like this was a little uh, not as thorough as it should have been, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think we need to keep this conversation going. So now I'm trying to get, you know, my city turned on to these resources. So to make a long answer longer. I think broadband and brews <laughs> is a fantastic idea. And I've been trying to find ways to kind of incorporate the touring I'm doing with different causes. You know, I mean, we have different groups show up and table. Um, Veterans for Peace shows up to our shows. Uh, PM Press shows up to our shows. The DSA shows up. Movement for a People's Party shows up. Um, and, and I would love, you know, I mean, if we come out to your area, I would, I would love it if you guys showed up and, and we're, um, we're going to be coming to Minneapolis at some point because it's one of my favorite cities in the world. I just uh, I can't come during certain times of the year, Chris, because I'm <laughs> well, I'm very fragile. I, I have to tell you, snow. my wife and I just saw Dimitri Martin last week here, and mm -hmm. uh, he made it uh, a part of his act. I suspect, you know, I, I think most of the comedians I've probably seen in the winter have some kind of riff about it that they'll do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it could be helpful. <laughs> well, you guys know how to handle it. I mean, I'll yeah. say that. You know, I, I used to drive around 45 weeks a year, so I, I certainly have had my share of winter in my lifetime. And uh, But I was never worried whenever I was up in the Minnesota area because I knew 
they knew how to take care of it. I knew those right. roads were always going to be clear. Now, if you get out into the rural Dakotas, which I've been there, then it gets a little bit uh, no man's landy. But um, well, let me let me bring you back and ask you about because you, you're very politically savvy. I mean, the groups that you've named, you're involved with democratic socialists who have taken um, an idea that used to be verboten and and turned it into something um, that is a, a whole movement is is operating behind. When it comes to municipal broadband or more largely net neutrality, I feel like there are people who are um, in elected officials who are taking this as something that they should be championing. But I'm also seeing from a lot of elected officials a sense that eh, people don't vote on this. You know, people will talk about it. It might motivate them to do some things, but we've not seen an impact at the ballot box. What do you What do you think about that? There's a couple things going on there. First of all, I think that net neutrality is not covered as much as it needs to be. And in a lot of cases, it's not necessarily covered honestly. Uh, you know, I'll use MSNBC for as an example. They're owned by Comcast. You're not going to find an honest net neutrality piece from them, or at least I sure haven't. So that's part of it. I think another part of it is people are aware of it when they shine a light on it. And then they just think that the battle's over or that we don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, I mean, when um, when John Oliver did that segment on net neutrality, when we were mm. about to lose it, they crashed the FCC's website. Yeah, millions, so many people were commenting. Yep. And when they actually take uh, an honest poll of it, when it's like a, a, an issue that's in the uh, blogosphere or newsphere or whatever you want to call it, about 83 percent plus of Americans favor net neutrality all across the political aisle. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is people go, well, we haven't really seen any effects yet. And I think the general person isn't necessarily aware of, well, you haven't seen any effects yet because we're battling this out in court. You know, when Ajit Pai said, hey, you know, the loss of net neutrality is going to bring about more jobs. The only area where he was right in that was when it comes to attorneys, because they've been working plenty, because <laughs> they've had plenty of work uh, either defending net neutrality or, you know, defending Ajit Pai's FCC in court, because that's what's been going on. People have just been battling in court. So I think the general person isn't really cognizant of the entire, uh, you know, war, metaphorical war going on around this issue. They just kind of become aware when a battle happens. And and I think that's largely the fault of the press. You know, plus, let's be honest, it's not the sexiest issue at face value, you know. Well, let's let's bring it back to um, to Pasadena. No, and, and you're absolutely right. Although I think you you going back to 2004 is uh, it's wonderful. A lot of people think I've been around since 2013, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is a long going issue. Um, just the fact that most people know what it is now is is remarkable. But I wanted to ask you those kinds kinds of people who who aren't paying as close attention do you think you need to mobilize them to get pasadena to move forward or or is that not necessary to get pasadena to move forward oh i think you need to mobilize as many people as possible because because i think this is going to be one of those things it, it might take a ballot initiative it might take an alliance uh which involves some people running for office uh, I think it's going to take a big local push. And, and one of the things I've been trying to do, I, you know, I think messaging just really needs to be uh, on par. Um, an organization that I'm really excited about. I mean, I, I, I like Free Press a lot. I've been following them for years, pretty much since they started. Um, Fight for the Future, I think, has really been knocking it out of the park as of mm -hmm. recent. I really love what they're doing. Uh, and a lot of these organizations are a little more specifically net neutrality focused because they understand that we really need to hold the front lines. The way I like to see it, 
and, and I hate to use these war metaphors because I, I am like one of the biggest pacifists I know, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. but when it comes to the literal thing, but in the metaphorical world, net neutrality is kind of the battle for the net that we have to win. But muni broadband all across the freaking country, that's the war, so to speak. And, and that's what we really need to do to to win this thing once and for all and to make mm-hmm. sure that the Internet is always going to be the open platform and the medium we know it as. It's going to take city-owned internet all across the country. And, you know, and the proof's in the pudding worldwide. I mean, all the countries that did this in the first place, they get better speeds than we do, better access than we do, and they usually pay a much cheaper price for it. The countries that did what we did and handed it over to corporate interests and allowed organized duopolies to happen, their access kind of sucks. Look at Australia. Uh, So... You know, the proof's out there that this is a very important thing. And cities that were ahead of the curve, they're kind of celebrating. I mean, look at Chattanooga. They're gig city now. They sniffed this out early on. They've had their uh, municipal service since 2014. They were ahead of the curve. I think that there needs to be some strong messaging there. I'm trying to get hashtag big cable to really catch on on social Mm -hmm. media. I think it's the next important chapter. But, you know, there's so much going on right now and and it's such a uh divisive time politically on on so many levels as we know and you know we we could open that can of worms and be talking all day um that i think a lot of people they sort of see this as something you know well this is kind of something we have to put on the back burner my perspective is look i understand how you might come to that conclusion but here's the deal without an efficient communication vehicle any other effort we have in this country is futile. We need to have an efficient communication vehicle. And uh, go ask the wild, the firefighters in California who mm-hmm. got their data throttled while they were fighting a fire, how important that is. And it's because of the loss of net neutrality that that was allowed to happen, that Verizon was able to get away with that nonsense. Yeah, I think it's worth, I mean, I'm, I'm always a little bit touchy about that example because it's not clear that Verizon would have not been able to throttle them. But the important thing is the FCC would have been able to step in and resolve it, right. which is something yes. that we lost. And so I just, right. I, I, there's always people who are looking to try and discredit people like you and I, by, if anything said, you know, inelegantly. So I wanted to make <laughs> sure we, we knocked, we nailed that down. Um, did you have any last thoughts here as we're wrapping up the interview that uh, you didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about? Well, I, I just want to let people know, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, you're following or other people that are really into these issues If you're in Southern California or in Pasadena, um, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Romplicone.com is my website. Uh, You know, right now is just kind of an informal task force of me and people that are, you know, usually affiliated with my show in most cases, kind of helping out in any way they can. Um, So please, if you want to get involved directly, please reach out to me. You you record a live show, a live news yep. show, and they can jump in on the comments and, they and can talk jump about in. Muni Broadband there. What yep. time do you record usually? Monday through Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Um, and it's just get your news on with Ron. It's just on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ronplacone. And if you're into, hey, how do I get started uh, in my town? Obviously, Institute for Local Self-Reliance, you guys provide great, phenomenal resources that I tap into uh, all the time. And also, you know, you can look at my playlist and you can see what I did at my city hall. Some people have asked me for my transcript. I've sent it to everybody that has asked. Uh, you know, I'm more than happy to, to share that if you want it written out. Or you can you can watch what I did at my city hall and, and do it at yours and see what happens. So, 
romplacone.com, youtube.com slash romplacone and at romplacone on Twitter. Great. Thanks for coming on. It's, it's great to hear not just that, that you're doing great things, but that everywhere you go, you're finding people that are trying to figure this out. I, I think we're we're slowly starting to build the movement, Chris, and, and, and thank you for doing what you do because it is, I mean, you guys are the backbone and you guys have been for a long time now, so it is essential what you guys are doing and I, I look forward to us collaborating more in the future. That was Christopher and Ron Placone, comedian, YouTuber, and broadband advocate. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at CommunityNets. Follow MuniNetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at MuniNetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts from ILSR, Building Local Power, and the Local Energy Rules Podcast. You can access them wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss out on important research from all of our initiatives. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. And while you're there, please take a moment to donate Follow us on Instagram, where ILSR74. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening to episode 347 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. <laughs> <laughs>